The Rolex 24 at Daytona is finally here, and with it, the start of the 2024 season. Last year, we saw the introduction of the brand new LMDH cars and some incredible racing that went right down to the checkered flag. This year, we'll see three brand new GTD cars take to the grid and so much more. Let's preview the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Looking back at the races from the past couple of years, we've seen some incredible finishes at the Rolex 24. In 2022, in the first race for the GTD Pro Class, we saw the FAF Porsche emerge victorious after an incredible end-of-race battle and tangle with the KCMG Porsche. Last year, we had an incredible photo finish in LMP2 as Proton Competition used the draft perfectly and edged out CrowdStrike Racing to the line in LMP2. Now, we don't know what the 2024 race is going to bring us, but we do know that we're going to have some new GT cars on the grid. Aston Martin has a new car coming to the grid, and no, it's not the Valkyrie. The Vantage GT3 Evo is all set for its first Rolex 24, with a couple of entries being fielded by the Heart of Racing in GTD Pro and GTD, plus another GTD entry by Magnus Racing. Corvette will be bringing their brand new Z06 GT3R, which replaces the outgoing C8R. You'll see four Corvettes on this year's Rolex grid, with two from Pratt Miller by Corvette Racing in the GTD Pro class, and two entries from AWA in the GTD class. Also new to the grid is the Ford Mustang GT3. This signals Ford's return to the WeatherTech Championship grid for the first time since they ran the Ford GT in 2019. You'll see a two-car GTD Pro effort run by Ford Multimatic Motorsports and a recently announced full-season effort by Proton Competition in the GTD class. Now there's also another new car that's new to the Rolex 24, but it raced in IMSA last year, and that's the McLaren 720S GT3 Evo. Yes, the Evo version of the McLaren wasn't ready for the Rolex last year, so Inception Racing competed with the previous spec of car. The Evo model looked fast last year and will be making its Rolex debut with an entry from FAF Motorsports in GTD Pro and a GTD entry from Inception Racing. Now, as you would want to see, the practice and the qualifying sessions for the Roar Before the 24 went on with very few incidents. Very few incidents. That doesn't mean there were none. In the final practice session of the weekend, just after setting the fastest lap of the session, Neil Johnny and the number five Proton Competition Porsche had an off, and it caused enough damage to prevent it from participating in qualifying. Really, it looks like he just got surprised when he arrived at a competitor who had just left the pits with cold tires and was maybe expecting them to be going a little bit faster. Overall, conditions throughout the weekend were quite chilly, and these lower temps, of course, made it more difficult to get tires up to temp, and there were a couple of incidents that happened as a result of that. They were actually the only car not able to make it to the qualifying grid. Speaking of qualifying, let's talk about how that went. In GTP, it was the number 31 Action Express Racing Cadillac driven by Pipo Durrani that took the pole. His lap time of a 132.656 broke the pole lap record previously held by Oliver Jarvis and his Mazda DPI. The other Cadillac in the field, the 0-1, was just 7 one-hundredths of a second off the pole time. And then rounding out the top three was the number seven Penske Porsche, who was two-tenths off pole. It's worth noting that nine of the ten GTP entries participated in the session. Of course, Proton was not able to participate due to the damage that they sustained. But all four manufacturers had a car within four and a half-tenths of pole. 
A very tight field indeed heading into the Rolex 24. In LMP2, it was Ben Keating who recovered from a practice spin to claim the pole in that class. He beat out his former team, the number 52 Inter-Europol PR1 Matheson Motorsports entry by a tenth of a second. In GTD Pro, it's Rexy who starts on pole in the Pro class, immediately showing the Porsche have more pace with their GT entry than they did this time last year. Seb Prio beat out Jack Hawksworth in the number 14 Vassar Sullivan Lexus by eight hundredths of a second. Oh yes, and the GTD Pro class is very tight once again. The top nine qualifiers were separated by less than a second. Things were even closer in the GTD class as 14 of the 23 cars in the GTD field were within 7 tenths of pole that was set by the number 12 Vassar Sullivan Lexus, driven by Parker Thompson. The Lexus beat out the number 86 MDK Porsche and the only Acura in the class, the number 66 Gradient Racing entry, rounded out the top three. Notably, there was a pretty sizable incident that took place right at the beginning of qualifying for the GT cars. At the beginning of the group session, David Brule had a spin on pit exit, likely caused by just cold tires. Again, those cold temperatures playing a big role here with another accident. And unfortunately, the spin caused quite a bit of damage to that car. In fact, according to DailySportsCar.com, Stephen Kilby, the car is undergoing a full rebuild due to chassis damage that it's sustained. Today's video was sponsored by P1 Web Development. If you're looking for a custom website for your business, or perhaps you're a team or driver that's looking for a professional way to present yourself to sponsors and fans, then look no further than P1 Web Development. Their team is passionate about racing. In fact, I met the owner at Watkins Glen, and they want to help drivers and teams attract new sponsors and fans using a unique and custom website. So when you're looking for someone to build or transform your website into something that sponsors and fans will actually want to visit, then look no further than P1 Web Development. A huge thank you to P1 Web Development for supporting the show. You can check out their entire portfolio of websites and see if they're a good fit for you by heading to p1webdevelopment.com slash the S's or clicking the first link in the description. The Michelin Pilot Challenge is one of two support series that's racing ahead of the Rolex 24 this weekend. The grid may be slightly smaller than it was last year, but there's still plenty to be excited about. First off, there's the brand new Ford Mustang GT4, and as I'll touch on it in a minute, that new Mustang looked very good sweeping both races in the VP Sports Car Challenge Series over the weekend. However, it's not just the GS cars that you'll want to keep an eye on in that race. The TCR field will see a pretty big bump in entries compared to this time last year. We'll see new entries such as two Montreal Motorsports Group Hondas, a Racers Edge Honda, an Audi from Goo Racing, and a second Victor Gonzalez Racing Team entry. There is plenty to be excited about, not just with those TCR cars, but with the Michelin Pilot Challenge Series in general this year. And you certainly won't want to miss their four-hour season debut, the BMW Endurance Challenge, which goes on Friday. In the VP Sports Car Challenge races that took place last weekend at the Roar before the 24, it was Steven Agakani and Luca Mars who swept the weekend's races there. 
Agakani won in his prototype debut while Mars picked up the first wins for that new Mustang GT4. Both of those races will be posted up on IMSA's YouTube channel, probably following the Rolex 24, and that series returns to action March 11th and 12th at Sebring International Raceway. Honestly, the support series though that I'm probably looking forward to seeing most is the Whelan Mazda MX-5 Cup. There we see 29 cars entered in the race, including 2022 champion Jared Thomas, runner-up in the championship a couple of years ago, Connor Zilich, who he returns to race with many other very talented drivers. In fact, this series has produced some incredible racing in recent years. From an insane photo finish just a couple of years ago, to some really hard racing that we saw last year, including an incredible save. The racing is sure to be amazing, and you will not want to miss a moment of the action. Alright, let's have a look at the BOP for this year's Rolex. Now, all these numbers that I'm going to talk about were released before the Roar Before the 24, and sometimes IMSA will tinker with these numbers a little bit in the week leading up to the Rolex 24, so keep an eye out for any updates that get released. And since there haven't been any races this season, I thought let's compare this year's BOP numbers to where the cars were last year. Starting off in GTP with the Acura, they will see a 42 kilogram weight increase to go along with a 20 kilowatt increase in maximum power. The BMW sees a small weight increase of 1 kilogram, a 14 kilowatt maximum power increase, but they do lose 12 megajoules of stint energy. Cadillac, meanwhile, sees no increase from last year. They see a slight power increase of 2 kilowatts, and they do lose some stint energy as well, losing 18 megajoules. Finally, there's Porsche, and they have a healthy weight increase of 21 kilograms, but to go along with it, they also get 17 kilowatts of additional maximum power while losing 3 megajoules of stint energy. Going down to the GT classes, Acura sees a 15 kilogram weight increase to go along with three additional liters of fuel. Aston Martin, of course, they're a new car, so we're not going to compare that. BMW has 15 kilograms of additional weight, and they lose one liter of fuel capacity. Corvette also features a new car, so we'll take a look at the Ferrari, who loses 10 kilograms of weight while gaining an additional three liters of fuel. The new Ford Mustang is a new car this year, so the Lamborghini is the next one on the list, and they get an additional 30 kilograms of weight. They also have a three millimeter larger restrictor, which means more power for the car, while also gaining an additional seven liters of fuel. The Lexus will be 10 kilograms heavier, feature a three millimeter larger restrictor, and will also be carrying five liters of additional fuel. The McLaren, as we just talked about a moment ago, is a new car for this year, so let's look at the Mercedes, who will be 15 kilograms heavier, feature a one millimeter smaller restrictor diameter, so slightly less power, and also has a maximum fuel capacity three liters less than it was last year. Finally, there's Porsche, one of the cars that really struggled last year in the Rolex, it will be 35 kilograms lighter, feature a three millimeter larger restrictor diameter, and be able to carry one liter less of fuel than it did last year. Some big changes to that Porsche, Hopefully, it gets them in the competitive window. The Rolex 24 at Daytona is a 24-hour sports car race in Daytona Beach, Florida that takes place at the famous Daytona International Speedway. 
Now when you think of Daytona, you probably think of the oval that NASCAR runs on. This race does not take place entirely on the oval though, and instead it uses the road course circuit that shares the high banked corners of the oval. Daytona International Speedway has a long history behind it, dating back to 1903, when racing took place on what is known as the world's most famous beach. The birthplace of speed, as it's sometimes referred to as, hosted speed trials until 1935, when stock car racing would begin. Over the years, NASCAR would be founded, and it would quickly be realized that they needed a permanent facility to host their races. On February 22, 1959, the World Center of Racing hosted the first Daytona. 500 and it set the stage for what would become the most iconic stock car race in the world. The 3.56 mile or 5.73 kilometer track that's used for the Rolex 24 was built in 1959 and it hosted the first iteration of what would become the 24 hours of Daytona in 1962 with the three hour long Daytona Continental. In 1966, the race would become 24 hours, and while there's been various small changes made to the track layout since then, it still largely maintained its original layout and character. The unique layout features the flat infield portion with the high banked corners of the super speedway all sewn together with some tricky corners and a high speed chicane. This unique combination gives you a track unlike any other in the world. This year, we will see 59 cars take to the track for the Rolex 24 spread across four classes. GTP will feature 10 entries, an increase of one from last year. LMP2 sees 13 entries in class, an increase of three. GTD Pro also sees 13 entries. That's an increase of four from last year. And GTD will feature 23 cars, which is actually a reduction of one car from the 24 we saw last year. 783 laps covering 4,485 kilometers or 2,787 miles were turned by the victorious number 60 Meyershank Racing entry of Tom Blomquist, Colin Braun, Elio Castroneves, and Simon Pagano in 2023. It was controversial, but sure, they are the winners. Anyways, in LMP2 was the number 55 Proton Competition entry who edged out the 04 CrowdStrike Racing entry by a casual 16 one thousandths of a second. Meanwhile, in LMP3 was the number 17 AWA Duquesne. Of course, the LMP3s are no longer on the grid for 2024. In GTD Pro was the number 79 WeatherTech Racing Mercedes that took victory. And after the win, longtime driver Cooper McNeil announced that he would be stepping back from racing. Pretty darn good way to go out with a Rolex 24 in your back pocket. And in GTD, it was the number 27, Heart of Racing, Aston Martin. Now, Daytona is a very quick track with lap times for the GTPs in and around the 1 minute and 35 second range. And that goes up to about the 1 minute 45 second range for the GTD class cars. There are some very good passing opportunities into turn 1, the International Horseshoes, and you might even see an opportune dive into the bus stop chicane. Now, with it being a 24 hour race, this race is, of course, run at night as well as during the day. To help with the running at night, there are floodlights around the track. They're turned down to about 20% of their maximum brightness so that drivers still have to rely on the headlights on their car for much of their visibility. Thankfully, the weather for the Rolex 24 will be warmer than it was for the Roar Before the 24. A small chance of showers during the race with temperatures on Saturday expected around 80 degrees Fahrenheit or about 27 Celsius and with temps being slightly lower for the Sunday finale. 
Meanwhile, the nighttime running should stay in the mid-60s Fahrenheit or the high teens Celsius, but for any and all weather updates, I highly recommend you stay locked in to Racecast Weather on X. There's a link for that in the description. I will also be at the track, and I'm looking to do a meetup with some fans. If you're going to be at the track on Friday, then keep your eyes locked on the Off in the S's Twitter or X account, as well as on the YouTube community tab for details on that. Alright, I'm going to tell you who I'm picking to win this year's Rolex 24, and starting off in GTP, I'm going with the number 31 Action Express Racing Cadillac. Cadillac as a whole were really strong in this race last year. They led a lot of laps with the 0-1, and while the accuracy really rose up and were strong towards the end of that race, I think that Cadillac rebounds well this year and take the victory. Plus, the 31 this year added Tom Blomquist to their lineup, who was last year's race winner, and arguably the strongest driver in that car, so definitely keep an eye out for the number 31. In LMP2, I'm going with the number two United Autosports entry of Ben Keating, Nico Pino, Ben Hanley, and Pato Award. Oh man, this is a strong lineup and a very strong team. And this year, Ben Keating adds another one to his collection. Of course, there's no LMP3 class on the grid this year, so let's go to the GTD Pro class. And you can call me a homer all you want, but I'm rolling with the FAF Motorsports McLaren. The team may be with a new manufacturer, but I think they hit the ground running. Inception showed some great pace with the car last year, and I think Faf finds the pace and finds the top step of the podium. In GTD, I'm going to go with back-to-back -back victories for the number 27 Heart of Racing Aston Martin. Sure, it's not the same car that they're running with last year with the introduction of the Aston Martin Vantage GT3 Evo, but just look at this roster of drivers. You have Roman DeAngelis, who has emerged as a cornerstone for that team. You combine that with 2023 ELMS champ Zachary Robichon and Aston Martin factory star Marco Sorensen and you have a 1-2-3 punch that's going to be very difficult to beat. Give me heart of racing for back-to-back -back GTD victories. Who are your picks though? Let me know down in the comments. There's more racing going on than just the 24 hours this weekend. The Mazda MX-5 Cup is also there and their first race will go on Thursday. It all gets underway at 4.10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can catch that on IMSA TV. Friday's a big day with the second race for the Mazda MX-5 Cup going at 10.10 a.m. Eastern Time. You can also watch that on IMSA TV. And it's followed up by the four-hour-long BMW M Endurance Challenge for, of course, the Michelin Pilot Challenge Series. And that gets underway at 1.40 p.m. Eastern Time on IMSA TV and Peacock. Of course, the weekend is rounded up with the 24 hours of Daytona. That all gets underway 1.30 Eastern time, and you can catch the start of that race on NBC, or you can catch the entirety of the race on Peacock and IMSA TV. The off-season is finally over, and the 2024 season is about to begin. Whether you're a new fan to IMSA or you just need a refresher, make sure to check out this video on everything you need to know about IMSA. Big shout out to all of the Patreon supporters. If you too want to support the show, you can head to patreon.com slash off in the S's. Once again, though, thanks for tuning in. I hope everyone has a great race weekend. It doesn't go off in the S's.